once again for keeping your word. You're so faithful to keep your word. And even to this day, thousands of years later, when we are here in Hawaii, receiving our counsel from the word. And we thank you for your great Kadashah, the new writings, Lord, that the promises Lord, that have been that were unseen and were unknown, um, you have revealed to us, Lord, to your great Kadashah, the New Testament. But above all, Lord, we thank you for your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, the risen one who have come and who have loved us so much that we, his love drew us to himself. And as we'll see tonight, Lord, we, as believers, are a gift from you to Yeshua. Thank you, Lord, for this evening. Bless your word and let your spirit, Lord, take us deeper into your understanding. In Yeshua's name, that we all say, Amen. So we get some friends coming in from North Carolina. We we're praying that they're not on that 737 train that they're nose-diving out. They found out, right? Boeing said they found the issue, the problem. So Brother Ken and... Oh, he's stuck in San Francisco, okay. And then we also have uh, Ruth. She's actually leaving on Sunday. Her, uh, there's some major problems with her husband's family. Her, his dad is has Alzheimer's, he's like 90, and his mom is like 90, and he just broke her hip, and no one's there to watch them. So she's leaving on uh, Sunday. So we're praying for her. She's a registered RN or licensed practical. She's an RN, and so she's well qualified, and so she's going to be going up there. So we're going to look at Genesis 25, which I get to 1 to 34 tonight. So at this point, uh, Sarah has already passed away at the age of 127 years old. She's passed. And she died in this place called Hebron, which means a friend. You see, Hebron is right below Salem. So Salem is Yerushalayim, which is the peace, which is the, which will be the capital of um, Israel, which is Jerusalem. So she died in Hebron, while um, Avraham was in Beersheba, which is a little more south. So they were living together. He was he ended up in Beersheba, and he when he asked for uh, Sarah to come down, he found out that she had passed. So he went out, he bought the cave of Machpelah, and we will see shortly that he will be buried in that same um, grave site. So now uh, he has, uh, from this point on, he has 38 more years to live. And then Yitzhak, his son Isaac, at that time was 40 years old and married. He married Rivka, and they were living in Be'er, the Hai which is all at the bottom. It's, the, it's exactly the place where um, Hagar had met the Lord at the well of the springs of the one who gives life, the one who sees. It's not beer, right? But beer somehow gives people life, right? But that's not this. That's a well. It's a spring water, a living water. 
And that's where uh, Hadar met the Lord, and the Lord took him Hadar. And that is where uh, Yitzhak and Rivka decided to stay. So now they're living separate, but not, not that far, but they've been living separate from his dad who is now widower. So at this point, the father of the multitudes is lonely. He has a big household, he has everything, but he's lonely. So at this point, he decided it was not good for him to be alone. That's what happened right, with uh, Adam. Adam is naming all the animals and he's like, man, I'm alone. <laughs> and he said, it is not good for him to be alone. So he needs, at this point, a suitable helper. Finally, he decided to remarry. And for all you know, this second marriage was a good one and blessed by God. So verse 1, it says, By Yosef of the Ham, then again Abraham, by Yitak, Isha, Ushma, Keturah. So he took a wife whose name was Keturah. So he's like 140 years old now. So we didn't think that, uh, didn't we think that Abraham at this point, like when he was 100 and when he was uh, maybe 120, the Lord said he was at an old age, right? the Lord himself probably is an old age. So we were thinking that he would uh, pass on as a widower, right? In his old age, and just be happy and content. So some people, they're content to remain widowed the rest of their lives, and that is good. That, that is good. But Abraham, the father of the multitudes, was not one of those. So he, as many times the text says, he got married again. The Torah says at this point that he had a son at his old age, and he lived to an old age. So the Lord himself was calling him old. So since he was elderly, you got that out of picture? Since he was elderly, he couldn't make that 450 mile trek from the bottom of Canaan to Haram. So he came out of the Ur of Chaldees. That's where Abraham was first called by, the, by uh, Elohim. Now when he was called, he had to leave everything. He had to leave his family, his uh, citizenship. So he's a soldier now. We know citizens, right? He has no passport, so he's always scared for his life walking all around. So he, uh, at this point, he could not reach Haram, which is where his father ended up going. And Abraham and his brother, Nahor, ended up living there until his father's death. At his father's death, uh, Abraham went down to Canaan, where he was called, and his brother Nahor stayed in Haram. And that's where uh, Eliezer, the servant, ended up going and finding Rivka, ended up finding that, oh, this is my brother's uh, granddaughter. So they're all the way to uh, Haran, and he got married. And now he has a new wife, Keturah. Keturah means fragrant or sweet-smelling incense, which was to Abraham. <laughs> it was that, right? All he was smelling up to this point was himself for several years. But now he has this sweet-smelling uh, wine. So we do not know her place of origin, but most likely she's not a Canaanite. 
since Abraham did not allow his son Yitzhak to marry a Canaanite. What is that passage? Don't be unequally yoked, right? Because otherwise, usually the unbeliever influences the believer, like nine out of ten times. It shouldn't be that way, but most times, the guy is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get mad that we talk to the Lord and end up, yeah, or he comes for a while and dies out, and same thing, vice versa. So the the best advice is don't be unequally yoked. Okay, sir? Unequally yoked. <laughs> so some say Adonai had supernaturally reestablished his virility, Abraham's virility. And of course, there were no drugstores at the time, so Viagra wasn't really readily available at the time. So verse 2 says, She bore to him Zimran, Yokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shuach. In English, it's Shuach. I've tried to look at that, like, Shuach, bro. Yeah. But it's Shuach in the Hebrew. So these boys will play an important part in Jewish history. So these six sons fathered six tribes or nations. And some of their grandchildren fathered others. So these tribes are mostly Bedouin. And they are in the desert areas in the Sinai, Arabia, and Syria. I remember when I was, I forget where we were in Israel, was some God-forsaken place. <laughs> and we're driving up, and there's this Bedouin tent with a satellite. It was satellite dish. <laughs> satellite dish, what's going on? You guys living in the desert, like, Nowhere is a satellite dish. And walking on, so we had to have hat. And the only hat I had was a top hat. A black top hat. So I only had that would fit his head. And then one of the his kid came up to me and go, Uncle Jackson. I'm like, you Uncle Jackson. You like to find So verse 3 it says, Yokshan became the father of Shiva and Nidan. And the son of Dedan was Asherim, Netushim, and Lemim. So later on, Shiva and Dedan are mentioned together again in Ezekiel 38, 13. So that is when uh, the end times, when this war between the Lord will come down and battle with Israel. But Shiva and Dedan, they will refuse to participate in Russia's attack on Israel. So verse 4, it says, The sons of Midian were Ephah, Ephah, Hanok, Abidah, and el So some of the Arab nations, especially the Midianites, later become the enemies of Israel. So in some aspects, some good things occur, but man, with Ishmael, now we get, you know, Islam, right? Sometimes you have to be careful what you do. Then it was made in the flesh. So just like the Ishmaelites um, and all these uh, sons of Keturah, they all had. Um, they all were in the presence of Abraham, and Abraham undoubtedly gave them the truth about the one true God. And they could, if they had wished to retain that knowledge of the truth. But apparently, in the end, um, 
Muhammad bin Dihab, gaining your trust. But as sure as this table of Keturah descendants, what it does is, it shows us the foundational proof of the fact that a multitude of nations have descended from Abraham. So these are the Arab tribes who leave southern Israel and migrate to the east, the southeast and the south, so just the bottom portions. So there was a couple of views about Abraham, about this wife of Keturah. One view is Abraham in his old age, since God has um, given him virility, could have fathered these sons in his old age. And well, that's good. And that's what the passage says. But another view is some make good points that Abraham had these sons from Keturah while Sarah was still alive. Because First Chronicles one thirty two says, "Uvne Keturah pileges Abraham yalda," which is now the sons of Ne of Keturah, a concubine. So the, the scripture calls her a pileges, which is a concubine, which is not the primary wife, but a secondary or third or whatever wife, which ends up being a concubine. So they're there for certain reasons, but not the head of the household or the first lady. They had secondary status and they were always submitted to the primary lady or the first lady, as you know, some of the churches, the first lady of the house. So in order to be a concubine, there has to be a wife in the family at the, at the same time. So there is two camps, the one says he, which is also, I mean, in his old age, he got six, six more sons or because of uh, First Chronicles, they, they hold that they already were, uh, they already had been born prior to this. One interesting point, you know what the rabbis teach? That Keturah is actually Hagar. But there's no way logically that she to be able to uh, have all these children. But the biggest thing is that Torah does not teach them. So what happens is, by bookending Abraham's death with this genealogical list, Moses, who is the narrator, right? He's compiling all of these todots, or these uh, family trees, and demonstrates God's faithfulness to his promises of this multitude of descendants. So verse 5, says, Now Abraham gave all that he had to Yitzhak. Again, Abraham, we saw, was a type of the father, and Yitzchak was a type of Yeshua. So the father gave all to Yeshua. Just as the fullness, I might be seeing in Isaiah 11, verses 1 and 2, the fullness was given to Yeshua. That sevenfold spirit of the Lord blessing was given to Yeshua. And it will show the righteous reign of this branch from Jesse. So in Isaiah 11, verse 1, it says, Then a shoot will spring up from the stem of Jesse. There's no J in Hebrew, so it's Jesse. He wasn't a no man, he was a yes man. Jesse. And the branch from his roots will bear fruit. And this is a semifold. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of strength. The spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. 
So these seven things was a complete blessing that this righteous one would have. So all that the Father had, he gave to Yeshua. And this is what I wanted to share tonight. The Father gave all of us believers who ended up believing in the sacrifice of Yeshua, he gave us to Yeshua. You might not believe it, but you're a gift of God. So when people say, well, I think you're a gift of God. Or, yeah, yeah, I am a gift of God. The Bible will show that because I was a gift from God the Father to God the Son. So the believer, the Bible says, is a gift from God the Father to the Son. So John 6, 37 to 40. Is that up there? Oh, you're right, man. Anybody has that? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, anyway, I'm going to put the passage in the lad. I got it. You got to read them up. Read them up. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing. So, what it says is, Yeshua said, whoever the Father gives me, I will never, I will not turn away. So we're his gifts. So as we come to know Yeshua, we're, we're, the Father gives us this insight as the Holy Spirit convicts us. And then we're given to the Son. So the main thing about this position of standing in Yeshua is the is assurance of eternal security or eternal life. Anybody believe they can lose their salvation in here? Okay, good. Well, some people do. And the problem is like uh, when we have children, so like my son, he, he has my DNA, right? He's born. He can disown me, but he will always be my son. And the same thing that happens when we when we come to the Lord, we receive Him. Right then, our DNA changes. We're a new creation. And from that point on, even if at times we turn away and walk away, our DNA is still eternally secured as a child of God. Yeah. So we are a gift from God the Father to God the Son. And we cannot be snatched of the hand of either the Father or the Son. So you see that security? I mean, that's not a big hand, right? You got the whole world in his hand. And that's just one hand. I mean, the other hand, he's chasing the flies away and Satan, so he already got us. We're also, 
So since he's giving, we're the, we're the Messiah's inheritance. So that we as believers have been willed to the Messiah. So you are a property of God when you believe, because you were bought with a price, right? You're not your own, you're bought with a price. So since you were bought with a price, now he can will us to the Son. And therefore the believer has an inheritance. So Yeshua, we're his gifts, but we're also, we're his inheritance. He has inherited us believers. So we are his individual possession. So this is where we find the bride of Yeshua is a big deal. The bride of Yeshua is the only part of the church that will take part in the rapture and will take part in the seven years. Well, while there's seven years hell on earth, we'll have seven years with the Lord in heaven. And that's why we were peculiar. Only the church will be raptured up, not the Old Testament saints. They're friends of the bridegroom. So they will come after them. Into the Messianic kingdom they will come. So we, the believers, we are the church. We are the bride of Yeshua. And Israel is the wife of Jehovah. So there's two distinct entities. Israel is the wife of Jehovah who cheated on him many a times throughout the Old Testament. But he still has a plan for them. And we, as the body of Christ, today we come to know Him. He will take us at the rapture because we are His, and that's why a lot of people will be left behind, mostly the Jews. And a lot of the, the Bible says that end times, even the elect will be deceived. So many churches today are moving away from Scripture and also adding in the worship. The worship has gone like odd. Oh, it's so strange. We went to Hillsong several years ago. Took my whole family on Christmas. I bought everybody tickets. I didn't know not everybody. We all went and like, wow, these words are weird. Like so off, almost esoteric or mystical or mythical. So you can see the the temper of the church is like almost leaving its first love. Another thing about giving everything, we as believers, we're united to the Father, to the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about all of the whole entity that God here lives within us. And that's why I'm getting bigger. <laughs> I'm gaining weight because of God here keeps <laughs> and we just like they have more room you know, to operate in people. So the Bible says, is that the believer is in God the Father? We find that in John 17, 1 Thessalonians. And it also says the Father is in the believer. So it's both. He in us and we in him. Same thing for the Son. Not only is the believer in God the Father, we are also in God the Son. And this might be pretty heavy. The Son is in us. Yeah. Now we come to the Holy Spirit. What do you think of the Holy Spirit? You guys can figure this out already. 
We are in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is in us. And that's the perfect, um, you know that harmonious circle? That's how the Godhead is. We're in Him, and He's in us. So you're not your own. You're a new creation. You got this God flowing in and through you, and you're within God. How that happens, I don't know, but it sounds pretty awesome. You know, it's like, who just engulfed my God, and then I'm swimming in God. <laughs> so it's like this full-on ultimate blessing. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are in us, and we're in them. So the whole triune God indwells every single believer. And every believer indwells the whole triune God. We'll figure that out. But take one eternity for God to like explain that whole thing out. That's why after the thousand year reign, we're gonna be just sitting at the foot of the Lord and He's gonna be telling us how all of this happens. I don't think we're gonna grasp it, but we in him and he in us. So we are also heirs. Not air, the air you breathe, but heirs. And we're co-heirs with Messiah. So this means that one day we will receive an inheritance. Just like uh, Yitzhak. He's going to get the whole kit and kaburo. He's going to get everything. Same like us. But our inheritance, just like Yitzhak, the son, includes the resurrection body and the position in the messianic kingdom so just like Yitzhak, in abraham's mind he was dead when he put Yitzhak on the altar he was gone in abraham's mind when he did that trek from Beersheba all the way up to mount Moriah, he was He's going to be sacrificed out of hand. But he said, the Lord himself will give him a lamb. And he provided himself as the lamb. So we as believers, this body we have now is breaking down and expanding and contracting pain here and there. But one day, our bodies will be perfect and glorified. It will be like perfect. I don't know if we can fly or we can astro travel, but who cares? I mean, if we can, praise the Lord. If we cannot, praise the Lord. You can just say, Dave, you know why? Boom. You don't need to worry about planes crashing, right? You just send me there, there, easy. And the last thing I'd like to point out is we as believers are in possession. Like, you have, you own this of every spiritual blessing according to Ephesians 1 3 1 Corinthians 3 23. so what it is is we don't have to agonize or plead to God oh give me this my help we have we own these spiritual blessings we don't have to wait for them it's it's our, it's at our disposal we don't have to pray through things to get these spiritual blessings. He already has given to us that as a possession. Now how do we enjoy these blessings? 
is when we are applying it correctly in, in good times, even in hard times, even during trials, we can still have blessing within trials. And I've seen that many times. When a child goes into the hospital and dire consequences, and then you're witnessing to the nurses. And the nurses come to us. So there is blessings in the storm which he has promised. So we have at our disposal every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies at our disposal. Verse 6. But to the sons of his concubines, so I said all that to say, just as Yitzhak got everything, and Yeshua was giving everything from the Father, he also has given us everything to live a life that is pleasing unto him and a life that is abundant. Divine enablement. He has enabled us to the quickening of our spirit to live a life that is pleasing unto him. So verse 6, but to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts while he was still living. So now she's called a concubine. Right? So now the, the other view takes precedent seemingly where hey, he could have had these sons while Sarah was still alive. But to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts while he was still living and sent them away from his son Yitzhak eastward to the land of the east. So Abraham wanted to make it crystal clear to his other sons that Yitzhak was the chosen son of promise, the true heir. And you see, you see how great a father he is? By giving gifts to the other sons shows that he was a very responsible father and not a big, big dad. You know, as we uh, we work with a lot of foster kids, foster families, Man, there's dead big dads are like dime a dozen. Like everywhere. They have no moral uh, moorings, right? They just plant the seed and all of them. Yeah. But that shouldn't be, right? But our culture has propagated them. In fact, they promote them, right? You know, you know, you heard that you can get welfare and you, you know, the more kids you get, the more money you can get. And they get stuck, right, in the system. So these gifts were probably one-time sizable gifts, but remember, Abraham was pretty wealthy. So he had herds and flocks and everything. The Bible says they were lacking in nothing. So he, as a father, set them up pretty good. And I don't know if I can do that for my kids, but the awesome thing is, I gave them the inheritance. Because they would accept Jesus and they serving the Lord. I would see them again. They have eternal life. So in one sense, I mean, I gave them that inheritance that I was giving myself. And that's the legacy which the Lord wants us, right? To have this um, reunion in heaven. We all, we all know reunions. We go to planning family reunions. But the one in heaven is the one you really let all your family go to. So he said he deliberately sent them away just as he has done with Ishmael. Because they and their descendants could become a threat to Isaac. 
So they were sent away from the promised land to the land of the east, which was like Saudi Arabia here. And he made sure that there is a pretty good distance between Yitzhak and his other sons because he wanted them to know they were not part of that particular covenant. And he was smart because the Bible says he did all of this while he was still living. People could you know, argue the point, well, I'm the... but because he was still living, he could uh, share with them. So Abraham gave gifts and he sent them east. <laughs> it was almost like a judgment. He sent them east, but they were blessed. It's like Adam, Eve, and Cain, when they got locked out of the uh, garden, they were sent packing and they were sent packing to the east. Something about the east, I don't know. I don't want to move to the east, I missed it in the west so they were all expelled to the east so Abraham took the necessary steps to make Yitzhak's position drama free or free from many difficulties as possible even maybe attempts to overthrow him kill him verse 7 it says these are all the years of Abraham's life that he lived 175 years Abraham breathed his last and died in the ripe old age so he was full of days full of years he was like a fully matured fruit wiltering away you guys ever bought one fruit like one pineapple and nobody cut it and it's just all about on the top and it is wiltering, wiltering, wiltering. <laughs> like a papaya. And you buy a papaya and you buy it from somebody and you think, hey, somebody going to get them. See me in the icebox, wiltering. So it's a mature fruit that it has been. <laughs> so there's a pineapple in my house still wiltering away. He was an old man and he said that he was satisfied with life. Right? He was contented so this was a fulfillment of Adonai's promise to him that he would be buried at a good old age which was Genesis 15 so Isaac was 75 years old his grandchildren think about this Yaakov and Esau were 15 years old at this point but you don't get that right you know they they had been born after but he was able to see and pour in to these two grandchildren of his. What this really shows is that Genesis was not written in a strict chronological um, order. Basically chronological, but not actually or strictly. So sometimes when a star comes to an end, it goes back and picks up a new storyline. As in the case with Jacob and Esau, which will be seen next week. So they two were contemporaneous and good help, you know, Abraham, grandfathers. But you don't see that in scripture, but we can see that this is what occurred. So it is one thing to live a long life. It's another thing to live a long life that is also blessed and fruitful and pleasing to the Lord. Now this is uh, it's like Abraham's obituary, right? It draws to the fact that Abraham died at a very old age. 
But his frame of mind, he was filled with inner shalom or inner peace. And he was satisfied. And again, he's implied that all his wants and expectations have been satisfied. Again, Genesis 15:15. It was promised that he would live to a ripe old age and be satisfied. And the, the ending is says, and he was gathered unto his people. After he dies, a phrase is going to change to gathered to the fathers because he's the father of the faith. So Abraham was living a life of faith when he died, according to the book of Hebrews. And he was gathered to his people. So he's gathered to his wife, even though he's buried in Machpelah. So this is the first occurrence of this phrase in the Bible. And it means to go to the realm of the dead. Referring to the destiny of the spirit, right? So we as humans, we are, some people call us a dichotomy. Um, two things. We have um, flesh and non-flesh. Or some say trichotomy, where we are uh, flesh, spirit, and soul. I think Paul calls us a trichotomy. So this destination, Sheol, is a destination for the spirit while the body is in the ground, according to James 2.26. So all throughout the Tanakh, or the Old Testament, this realm of the dead is Sheol. And the New Testament equivalent is called Hades. Now this is a temporary place for the spirits while awaiting for two things. One is the first resurrection, and two is the second resurrection. So it's resurrection. So we as believers, uh, we're going to be taking up, that's the first one. The second one, which you'll want to be a part of, and which is why you go out and share the good news, you'll be resurrected in your body, just, and thrown with your body into the lake of fire. And in the lake of fire, it says there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, in order to weep, you need eyeballs, you need tear ducts, you need facial muscles, you need emotion, and all of that will be there. You will have teeth, you need jaw bones and muscles. And to all of the master, you need those jaw muscles. But again, you will need um, you need your own will. You will have a will too. But the problem is you already chose what you wanted to do. So now you're going to be separated from everything that God has created for your uh, pleasure. He made food in the kingdom and in the eternal order is for pleasure. You can see all these beautiful things, animals will be getting along, and that will always be, will be for our pleasure. On the other hand, in the lake of fire, no pleasure. And it will be for eternity. So just as we as believers will be with the Lord for eternity, after the 1,000 year reign, we will have a new heaven and new earth, and we will be in this new eternal order. On the other hand, our friends and family, even strangers that we don't know, will be cast out into outer darkness. So Sheol right now is in the center of the earth, according to the scriptures, the spirit realm. The spirit realm, will rise up, be thrown into the lake of fire, which will be not a spirit realm anymore. It will be a bodily realm. Just as the eternal order with God will be a bodily realm, 
relate the fire we are bodily love. So all the love that God has given you, go out and share that love with others because it's very needed. So his people were from Mesopotamia, and then he was ended up being buried in that cave that he walked in Machpelah. So this is where the first time the scripture shows that or refers to that there is life after death. Now Abraham came to that conclusion in chapter 22 when he was willing to sacrifice Isaac. Because he knew if I sacrifice Isaac, Jehovah will have to raise him again. So that he took care of that and then Sarah died in the very next chapter. In verse 9, Then his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, a son of Zohar the Hittite, facing Mamre. So what Abraham Frino did, it brought together two sons who would perhaps otherwise have remained estranged from each other their whole lives. What happened? Why were they separated? Remember? When uh, Yitzhak was born, there was a play on words in the Hebrew. Ishmael was Yitzhaki, Yitzhak. So what he was doing is, Ishmael was laughing, a mocking kind of laugh, at the one named Laughter. And Ishmael did not learn this on his own because he had learned this from his mother, Hagar, who also mocked Sarah because Hagar had been uh, not barren and given birth, and Sarah was still barren. Verse 10, in the field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth, there Abraham was buried with Sarah, his wife. It came about after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Yitzhak, and Yitzhak lived in Be'er Lachai Ro'i. So this is a, like a passing transitional paragraph one thing is to be known in that Isaac from the from Hiran on, God's blessing is resting upon him. Now we know that Yitzhak will remain in the land until he dies. He'll never leave King. He'll be there all his life. Now specific blessings that come to those who grow old in the Lord are wisdom strength and righteousness and even when you're down in your old age everything is the tent is breaking down you still have the ability to reflect on god's past faithfulness so abraham ended his life well no matter how old and remember what uh, i think uh, life is but a vapor right ecclesiastes talks about that. and then it's gone so if you look on the tombstone, you always see the day of birth, death, and just get that one little hyphen in the middle. So he loved Yehovah from age 75 when he was called. Now, despite he had episodes of failure and sin, his primary goal was to do the will of God. So he enjoyed his life. And what we need to do is leave a good legacy behind of one who lived a life that counted for Jehovah. So he was, he lived 100 years 
in the promised land. So he did not see all of God's promises come to pass or come to complete fruition in his lifetime. And yes, he had his moments of failure and sin like we all do. He had to endure his share of trials, which we do. He had relationship problems, which none of us ever have. In fact, he had a problem with his uh, nephew, Lot, right? Which one do you want? <laughs> Take that lamb, because we cannot get one. We got too much stuff, our men are fighting. Pick one. He had to say aloha to his wife, Sarah, but had a heart for God. He was a man of faith, and he, the Bible calls him a father of our faith. What we see here is God buries his workmen but carries on the work. So we are not um, really needed by the Lord, but the Lord wants to use us for His glory. So this body that we were bought with, He wants us to be thoroughly used for His pleasure. And that's when we will find this type of faith in our lives. Uh, I think Yeshua said, uh, Abraham longed for this day when Messiah would come. And he saw that day. Because Messiah was there ministering to him. Way back in the beginning. And he was called his angel. And his angel led a servant straight towards Rebecca. So all of this could pass. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your plan is awesome. And Lord, you've raised us up for a time such as this one. Our government, Lord, is falling apart. We thank you for raising up a leader who loves this land, Lord. Carefully, he loves you, Lord. So far, he's been dealing righteously, Lord, with this land. We know we didn't uh, elect a pastor <laughs> or a holy man. But, Lord, you raise up leaders. And you've asked us to pray for our leaders. And, oh, Lord, it is a heavy time, Lord. Man. We pray for all of our leaders, Lord. President, Vice President, Lord, and Congress, the House, Senate. Even to our land, Lord, here in Hawaii. Terrible leaders, Lord. <laughs> when the righteous rule of people are blessed, Lord. When the wicked rule of people are downtrodden. So I know it's a sign of your soon return, but can you turn this around somehow? So that uh, just before you come, things will then fall apart. And then we can be with you in the air forever. To that point, Lord, we ask your blessings upon us that we can go out and be effective believers, Lord. And let each of us heed to our separate will and calls for us in, in the lives that you've given us, the path that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for this evening. Thank you for your word. Be with us through the week in Yeshua's name. And we all say, Amen.